You are tuned in to the New Old Heads podcast, premiered every Thursday at noon at bringingdowntheband.com and brought to you by No Bad Ideas, Coleman Dental, Printfinity, and Team Backpack. Support the New Old Heads by visiting our Patreon at patreon.com slash newoldheads. Episode 98, New Old Heads podcast. I am Major 7th. I make beats. I got the hard job to prove it. I do want that smoke. Longevity is in front of me with the chalice. Not filled to the brim, but with a nice amount. How are you, sir? I'm well. How are you? Good. How's the chalice? Looks all right. <laughs> good. DJ J. Diff. How are you, man? You good? I'm great, man. You know, I ain't even let... Something not, like excellent. There you something go. like excellent. 2018 in this bitch. I ain't even let that spill over, man. We're going to be good. How no, are you, straight. man? You all right? I'm good, man. Is that a print fantasy exclusive, sir? It is. I like when you do those. We got to make sure we... uh. Support our own local businesses, man. Get that paper. Definitely. We are here popping. Yeah. Popping tags and all that. I'm pro Printfinity now. Don't get it twisted. I appreciate it. Yeah. It's a good look on you. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Indeed. DJ Helicon is in the building. How are you, sir? I'm doing well, sir. How are you? Great to have you back. Yeah, Um, man. Thank you. Start calling you Mr. Orange, not Agent Orange, because we know how that we know where that goes. I yeah. don't disrespect you like that. Nah. Orange um, with a J. Yes, with a J. With a J. So on the product right there. We'll get to that in a second. We appreciate you uh coming back with us, man, sitting in with us for a little while. Yeah, man. Uh, episode ninety eight. I say um Dwight Freeney is ninety eight. Robert no? Mathis. Oh Robert Mathis, I get it confused. Dun, I'm sorry. Dun, dun. Robert Mathis was cold. Anything mm. else? Uh any DMX albums? Dropped two albums. Oh, that's a good in 98. one. That's a good the one. Chuck D episode. Suck Chuck D the episode? Side. Y'all know you hate my 98. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> little little hip hop nostalgia. Exactly. It's all over the place. So let me ask you this. It's hip hop nostalgia night. Let's, it is. Show them, show them what we're talking about. First of all, y'all might not even be old enough to understand. And for those that, the that can't that see, this, these are Yo MTV raps. I believe they were, they called rap cards. I can't remember. It's been a while. You can just read the front of it. Well, it says the, <laughs> it says Yo MTV Raps win. It doesn't say what they are. It just says Yo MTV Raps win for all the smart people here. <laughs> it says nothing about what they are. It says Yo MTV Raps win a trip for New York City and to see Yo MTV Raps. I'm sure. It so says I guess one, the, I guess I think they're this called is our lucky day. Yeah. I guess they're called We're a trip to, the to New Apple. York City and win and Yo MTV Raps. Training that's what cars, they're called. Man. That's what I was we'll just looking go with for. That. Yeah, these are cold, though. We can't open them because they're classic. So yep. He says he has an open pack, so maybe we'll get to see what's popping. Yeah, it might be a Chuck D in there. It might be a, what you think? a Is Ice it? Cube. Okay, what else? Uh, a Nikki D. Yeah. Uh, might even be a Queen Latifah. Might even be show. a Slick Rick in there. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Dougie Fresh? I'll bring the Possibly. open pack next time. Possibly. We'll, we'll flip okay. through them. Assuming y'all have me back, you know. Yeah. What about Indeed. an Eric Onassis? Nah, they wouldn't call him Eric Onassis. It, it would have been an EPMD joint. Yeah. So maybe yeah. Big maybe Kim. Maybe Eric or Paris. Big Kim. <laughs> I see what he's EPMD doing. EPMD would definitely be in there. Yeah. I see what he's group. doing. Indeed. You, you mentioned yep. 98 with DMX. Which album was better of the two that was dropped? The first one. I agree, it's sir. and Hell is Hot. I agree, sir. That's an incredible album. It is. My Flesh was cold, but Jay Moore's in the building as well. I heard a sigh from him. Yeah. He um, was just riding that wave. I mean, he just dropped a platinum album. Def yeah. Jam was pretty much like, why don't you do it again? My thing Might is, well. my thing is that probably was there's there's no probably that was hard to do to drop two albums that good in one year. That's a it lot wasn't of dope as material. Good as the first one though. Okay, you got thoughts on that? <clears throat> well, as far as what you just said, I mean, for people who don't understand what it means to put out an album, let alone a great album, exactly, and to do that twice in one year, not only the material but the time and resources that are spent on doing that. And then to have um, the timing on your side, like trends and popularity and all, and, and then let alone all the other things that might be coming out at that same time. So to really, to release two dope records in one year is virtually impossible. And CDs were actually selling back then. So these were going platinum money in the bank. Yep. I don't know what the numbers were in terms of what he did on both albums for, you know, like a full platinum year. Platinum status. But- he was platinum, okay. Both of them. Man, that's crazy, Including dog. tour money, so. Yeah. X was. Hype Williams videos. Yeah. All that. How long was X's run? What, maybe, I'm talking about at that level. Will we say maybe two to three years? Or am I am well, I short am I shortchanging him when I say that? 
the, my, the, rough, the rough rider because he kind of spearheaded the rough rider uh movement okay for the most part so even when he wasn't doing anything uh this was the time when eve was kind of taking off so she was the female artist to check for at the time and then uh locks left bad boy went over to uh rough riders i mean they didn't have like crazy that? success like that but Dragon was Dragon, Dragon, Dragon was on, on there. Okay, uh, can't forget uh, Swiss Beats. He was the yeah the man yeah. behind the boards then. So yeah, there were a couple others too. I don't remember in terms of the crew for yeah there were the Rough Riders. All I remember inside with Rough Jim, Riders. If yeah. y'all remember yep, him, he did. But did he come? He didn't really. I remember Jim from the battles like one hundred and six apart, right? All that, but I can't remember if he actually dropped. Like what we would call like a debut album. Like was it mixtape? I can't really remember. Yeah, I just know what it called. Speaking Chinese or something. I think that was a single. I'm not sure. Yeah, but they had a movement though. Don't get it. They did. You know, don't get it twisted. So, what would you say, Jay Moore? No, no, nah, <laughs> I, I couldn't tell you one song other than speak. I speak Chinese. Yeah, he definitely. Uh, he 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 definitely had bars in terms of that battle rap though. I do remember that. Yeah, Mad Sixteen had the album though. Who me? Yeah. I, I bought Cassidy. Oh, was Cassidy was Cassidy on Rough Riders. You remember Young One? I remember. Oh, wow. Along with the fact check. Fact the Rough checking. Riders compilation album wasn't bad. Volume one. Volume one. So, a volume volume one. so apparently Fiend as well. Yeah, he came Fiend on, like, signed to the Rough Riders? Uh, also, uh, Two Pistols. Oh. And Irv Gotti. Oh, well, Irv wow. Gotti was. Uh, he was the main guy, right? The wait. More of an executive, though, right? Yeah, he was an executive. Neo, The like, Matrix, and Sticky Fingers. Oh, uh, yeah, he went over there. Sticky Fingers went over there from Onyx? Apparently. Well, I don't remember any of that part. It was just the stuff that you pretty much named. Um, that they, Dragon on song was hot, though. Facts. He had some, yeah. Facts. Didn't he, have, didn't he stutter in real life or no? I don't even know, man. He's, if he did, why are you calling out his I ain't calling him out. I'm just saying that makes it that much colder than he I'm was I'm just saying nice. that's what I heard. <laughs> yeah, you know. I, I give him credit for it if he that gives him extra credit points. Right. Why are you hating on him because he stuttered? I'm not hating at all. All right. I think he was really just hating on you. Well, I mean, that's, that's there's a theme there's there. No yeah, hate. That's there's the, no hate. There's no hate. Yeah. There's no there's hate. There's a theme there. Look, if I don't like it, I don't like it. That don't mean that I'm hating Lonnie Lynn. Yes, sir. Shout out to the South Side, 87, Cottage. All sides. Chicago. Yeah. All right. So Adjacent. Let's, <laughs> all right. Let's go ahead and jump in. Um, CNN, and this is via CNN, CNN uh, and we talked about this prior to going on about and this is crazy that we have to keep talking about stuff like this. So I'm just going to read the lead. Uh, it says a Dallas police officer stands charged uh, with manslaughter in the fatal shooting of a man. She mistakenly thought was in her apartment, but the prosecutor would not rule out a more serious charge. This was as of Monday, the young lady who was a police officer. Her name was Amber Geiger was her name is a man. Amanda Geiger, I believe is her name. If I pronounced it wrong. I'm sorry. Now, I'm going to definitely butcher this name, so I apologize ahead of time. Gentleman's name that uh, was shot and killed is Botham Shim Jean. Did I say that right? I'm not he, sure. Okay. Well, that's Shim John. Okay. I apologize if I if I misspoke. So, basically, she the, the police officer said she uh, thought someone else was in her apartment or she went into the wrong apartment. It was one floor above on the fourth floor. She lived on the third um, and pretty much... Uh, mistaken the zoo for I don't know whatever you want to call it robber or whatever and just shot him when she came in I guess the door was already opened slightly when she came in no oh well tell me then because I definitely I, maybe I read the wrong thing it wasn't she open went, she went up to the uh, a floor up from her house like you said yep um, she tried to stick her key in a door that was not hers didn't work okay gotcha there was a mat sitting there that should have let her know that she's not at the right door a red mat Okay, so she fumbled around trying to get in this door. Guy ends up coming to the door. Um, and at this time, I guess, this, this is what they're trying to say to kind of give her a, a motive, I guess. Okay. Um, she warned him and uh, gave him opportunity to, I guess, stand down. This is his home. Right. You know what I'm saying? Uh, so saying. imagine you waking up and you open a door mm -hmm. to somebody and they're like, they end up pointing a gun at you and they're telling you what to do at your house. You know what I'm saying? That's that's kind of strange. And I don't know. It's a weird situation, man. Yeah, that's crazy. And I think Jay Moore actually said as well that 
the type of doors that they had where when you put when you try to you know enter the apartment it will turn red if you're not in the right location like it'll give you a red buzzer sound like this is not your crib red so or, the, or something's wrong with some, the key yeah or right. something's wrong with the key so to me i guess that's an indication of i'm in the wrong spot this is not my so, place so did she did he let her in i think it all happened at the doorway yeah for the most part mm-hmm. so it was more like him opening the door and like whoa and she's telling him what to do i see and they're kind of trying to backplay her day as far as why that kind of transpired but i mean that's not an excuse man that's just not an excuse they were like saying that she was uh what was she working trying to find or doing some undercover work or something I'm, i'm not sure but it was a long day or whatnot and she didn't know what was going on blah 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 somebody's dead period so I heard that there's a bigger issue than that. She she was or was not drunk. I'm not. That was going to be my question because I thought that I had heard that she was. They haven't released the information. I see. No information. Was she sober? And aside from that, what brings somebody, particularly who's not sober, to try to get in the wrong place? Like, I mean, it's your. It's your crib, right? Yeah, like, right. You go there every day, unless it's like the first day she's lived there or something. Like, mm-hmm. how does she go to the wrong apartment door or whatever and not realize it? Like, oh, what am I doing? That's mm-hmm. my question. You know? That's so my that tells question. me either she was a not sober or b in some other like really strange state of mind that would lead right. her to that. That I doesn't agree. make sense. I agree. And even in this article I'm looking at, it says that she gave verbal commands mm. at my house. Mind like, you. In, in like, my in my own crib, yeah. I mean, she's lucky it didn't happen to her. Basically. Exactly, he could have came to right. into the door with a gun and let her. And have in it. many places, he he would have, you know, like mm-hmm. Terry I makes mean, Terry makes a good point. Um, <laughs> right. We see Jay Moore. <laughs> Terry makes a good point when when you actually um, when you flip it around and you think about the young man waking up in his own home and then hearing somebody you know barking out commands or whatever. That has to throw you off. You know what I'm saying? That has to throw you off. So I probably a, wouldn't open the door myself. It's a great point. Great point. Go here's ahead, another angle that I'm reading here is it says that um, witnesses say that they heard somebody yelling, let me in. Oh, okay. So that's a different type of angle. That is. That's a totally different angle. So if somebody's saying, let me in, mm-hmm. then she knows that it's not her door. Or there's someone else on the other side, you know. Or yeah, there's got to be somebody else in there right. already. It's not like this random person that she thought was. Oh, who is this in my house? And there's yeah. an alleged picture floating around with it's supposed to be her and him in the picture. Yes, yeah, her, him, and so that's what I was to say. Is does she know this right. person? Right. To Long's point, you don't scream "Let me in" to just randomly scream "Let me in" to someone's no nah. to your spot. empty apartment. Exactly. Exactly. Let me in. Right. <laughs> Come on, dog or cat. You know. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. That's tough, man. That's hmm. tough. Um, I just, I just, I hate to see that we have to continue, as we always say, to go through this and and, and talk about these these um, issues. But it's just crazy, man. Like that young man is gone now, based off. I hate to say it, but a judgment call. Like she's out on bond. She's out on bond. Yeah. I mean, it's not directly a. Would you consider this a, pr- a police brutality? Uh, I'm going to say no. You say no. Because okay. I don't know that she was off duty, I heard somebody right. say. Yeah, we, off okay. duty. Uh-huh. In that, it's To me, in that case, she happens to be a police officer, but it was not in the line of duty. Just my opinion. So maybe just... No. I mean, yes, technically, it was a police officer committing a... Uh, I guess we're all assuming unwarranted violent crime, but it was not a matter of the job. I, yeah, I mean, that's true. Yeah, I, I can see that. I, I wonder too, but if she's using using her weapon that she uses as a police officer and she's she abusing make, her power. Or if she was making any threats about being a cop. I mean, you know, yeah, these are all things so, that we don't know actually happened. I'm just curious what you, what you guys think about that. I don't know. I would say um, I don't think it's directly related to that. I would say with her giving him orders on what to do, right. that kind of does relate to being a police issue. I mean, it's definitely 
on the topic of people who are in positions of authority who can carry weapons and use that authority and overstepping the mm-hmm. bounds, it's definitely tied to that. Yeah, definitely. Because you do hear about a lot of them um, doing that outside of work. It's just a right. just something that goes off in their head all it's the time. It's a behavior, time. basically. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah so I, I, I yeah. can definitely G okay. for that. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. It kind of reminds me of a story that I believe maybe happened here and this was years ago, but like last 10 years about a guy who, if I remember correctly, a guy went home like at night, like after the bar kind of situated, like intoxicated, definitely. And didn't have his house keys and basically broke into his own house and somebody saw it and called the police and they came in, like busted in with him, like essentially like passing out on his bed or whatever. And so he kind of jumped up like startled and they shot him mm, like yeah. that's crazy and i don't i I couldn't tell you what happened to the officers that that happened but i mean that was i'm not making this up like this definitely happened it's just been long ago. i remember that yeah. too yeah it's been long enough that i don't remember and, and that's real unfortunate but it's the same type of thing it's like you know there's that, no that checking I, to see that when i can kind of i understand that that point of view like if somebody thinks somebody's breaking into your home they can't really see what's going on they caught a police out right. there and uh, unfortunately, that ended up happening. That that's terrible that that happened. But I can definitely see that happening before I see somebody knocking on somebody's door that that isn't not theirs, theirs. Yeah, yeah. right? And then when somebody comes to the door and you're ordering them to do things in right. their own home, so yeah, Def- yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's different stories. But in I guess my point is that in both cases, you're talking about people who were in their own homes mm-hmm. yeah. who were essentially assaulted by, it, unfortunately, in this case police officers right um and from what we all understand about both stories having virtually no chance to do anything about Mm -hmm. it right because aren't there well i don't know what the state laws are uh, wherever that happened but i know in certain states and um places or whatnot if somebody is on your property and you feel threatened you have the opportunity to act. This is one of those states. Good point. Yeah. It's a stand okay. your ground law, right? It's a stand your ground or it's um, kind of like um, there's something about it being your home and essentially it's a no duty to retreat mm-hmm. is what right. they call it. Right, okay. You do not have the duty to retreat and hide and find help. You can. You have to be feeling threatened, though. You can't just be like, hey, neighbor. You know. right, right. Yeah, Florida got was in the news because that Florida is a stand your ground state. Yes, it is. And we've heard stories from Yeah, we know, we've we heard know some a little bit stories. about that. His dumbass was threatening Beyonce this past week. Who's this, Zimmerman? Word? Yeah. I mean, he's been... Find me a positive story about that dude. There isn't one. You can't it's find crazy one. that... And I hate to, like, wish acts of violence on anybody, but this dude is really still out here. He is out here just being, like, the corniest and dumbest person alive yeah, i'll be honest i would have i would have um figured by now you would have got him somebody would have some yeah even if he's not just dead, came back to him in the streets basically yeah, like yeah. somebody would have bumped into him by now especially how reckless he's been post everything what jay say uh y'all killed x and let zimmerman live yes sir mm-hmm. that's a heavy bar that is that's, that's a, that heavy, is a bar. heavy bar yeah that's a heavy bar that com- is coming from a legend mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. I, and when I heard that, I was like, he's right. Yep. Can't argue that. Yeah, so. Now he's out here capping at Beyonce. He called her broke, too. Oh, that's he neat. He called Beyonce broke. That's a great assessment. Yeah. Oh, that's that's nice. Did yeah. he call her fat, too? Because I'm like, that's like the know. next one I'm waiting on. Yeah. Did, his I don't ass, know, you know if he called her Did fat. Did he call her a man? He Knowing him, he might have. I don't know. <laughs> but obviously. Just, just just, fuck that dude. Let's move on. Yeah. yeah. Let's get, yeah. <laughs> I figured he did. It's been taken off of here by now. Shout out to Education, Sonny Carson. Um, you spell education? Do you put a J in your education? No. I'm not even talking about you, honestly. Uh, I've seen someone spell education with a J. This is an adult? On, uh, I think it, <laughs> yes. Oh, for real? I believe it was on Facebook. Like EDJ or EJ? EDJ. Yeah. They just added a letter. Edu. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah. they wanted, because yeah. they're saying education. Education. So education. They think, yeah. yeah, they think that's like a J that you write, not just like how you say it. Yeah, yeah. that person needs to sign up for 
for some education for yeah. page for Patreon Definitely. for our Patreon site so we can work we can work also, with them. I also seen a uh, avocado. So avocado, avocado. This is all today. Like elf, oh. like A L V A L V avocado. I think we were talking about this before they got here. Remember when I was like, yeah, who yeah. puts an L in avocado? <laughs> wow, I seen all of this today. I am a witness. We got to get y'all signed up for Patreon so we can work with y'all on some exercises. Phonics. Yeah. We'll send out worksheets if you want. You remember all the smart people in the room, too. So, like, we can really get you right. We'll get y'all right, man. Sign up for Patreon. We go through some phonics exercises and uh, get y'all right. Or your your children. (laughs) So, you you can say children. You can say children. Yeah. I grew up up here in children, so I'm cool with that. We're going to talk about some music. What? All right, so on a much, much, much uh, sadder note, and this was crazy, um, actually took me back for a little bit. Like, I had to sit back and kind of gather myself and think about this one. But um, Mac Miller was found um, dead. Uh, They're saying overdose, nothing's come out yet, but this is just what the reports say. Uh, In his home, he was was dead, actually, upon arrival of the, you know, police or whatever. He was 26 years old, and the thing is, we just talked about uh, his most recent album, I believe, what maybe two, three Three episodes ago. I think it was the same ago. week that um, Travis Scott. Travis Scott came out. Yeah, yeah, it was that That's same right. week we talked about that. Um, and this is this this one kind of, but this one bothered me. I'm not gonna say kind of. It actually did because um, Mac was one of the artists that I actually depended on to be creative, um, to have a a good outgoing personality for that personality to spill over into his music. Um, his albums grew. Like, I became a fan back on, when I initially got introduced to him, it was on Somebody Do Something Like That with the, who was K, the K, who produced that joint? I don't remember. I had to look it up, but that joint was hard. What's it called? Uh, somebody, somebody Do, do Something. I'll um, look it up. So, I was like, okay, so this dude is actually pretty nice. I saw a couple of freestyles or whatever. So I started jumping in on the albums and every album after that, including that album, I'm like, yo, he actually has heat. Like he's creative. He takes time. I can tell he put a lot of effort into his music. Like, and it was very musical strings, orchestration, um, moving parts. Like it wasn't just rap. Like it was deeper than that. Like I was really, really, this one really, really bothered me because this is one of those guys that I couldn't wait to see what else he was going to do next. Like whenever I heard a project, I was like, yo, I can't wait to see what the next phase of his career is going to be and where he's going to take it uh, musically, lyrically, just creatively overall. So, yeah, this one is um, this is a tough blow for me. What are your thoughts? Uh, well, first off, that was produced by Flying Lotus. Flying Lotus. Yeah, uh, they laced him. They laced him on that one. Yeah, it, it hit me, too. We were on the road going to North Carolina when I read the news, and th- the first thing that I saw thought was, is this real? You know, and I was like, surely it, it, it just kind of, st- I don't know. Like, it was a shock. Um, even though even though Mac has been very vocal in his music and in general, we know about his substance abuse issues and um, his uh, even mental health issues related to that, I think. Um, it's been, it, it was tough. You know, I, I still didn't believe it. Um, so yeah, that's all I have to say right now. I mean, uh, it it sucks. Just as yeah. as you know, I, he's somebody that I watched. He turned into an artist that I liked. Yeah, like he wasn't somebody when he first came out. I was like, "Ooh, Mac Miller's dope." Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I heard his early stuff. I was like, oh, "He's a kid. He's got potential." You know, like I see his where his head's at. You know, he likes he's given he's uh giving props to the legends, you know, which was something that we didn't see very often. And even even with everything that's come out, we've been sharing a whole bunch of like uh, uh, like commentary from different artists on bringing down the band's Instagram of what different artists are saying about him. You know, we, Fonte said something, Sky Zoo said something, Flying Lotus, Thundercat, Dame Funk, Robert Glassman, Robert Gra- Glassman. Pre- this is what we share. Ninth Wonder. Yeah, you know, and these are just what we've been sharing, and it's just amazing to see all these people come out and you know have these words for this guy. And Mac is an was, which is sucks to say, was yeah. an incredibly talented artist. Yeah, and he wasn't just a rapper; he was a musician, 
Um, but he also seemed just like a really good guy, you know, that had his own demons that he, that he was going, you know, get, trying to get out of. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it sucks. You know, that's really all I have to say about that right now. <laughs> I so. can dig it. J. Diff, uh, your thoughts? Uh, it was just real weird. And, you know what I'm saying? It, it, I think everybody here kind of feels the same way. I think it kind of affected us all similar, you know, very similar mm -hmm. because um, he's a musician. And we always preach about being a musician and growth and things like that. Even when swimming came out, our commentary was like, uh, he's dope. He just keeps improving. I'm ready to hear what's next. You know what I'm saying? And and for somebody to just be gone like that, it's almost unbelievable, you know? And it's almost like he was a homie. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, I agree. I know we don't know him, you know what I'm saying? But you kind of, grow to kind of know an artist when you listen and get familiar familiar with their music and like their style and and like all the artists that he worked with he wasn't just out here trying to work with whoever was popping whoever was popular he was working with actual musicians and people that knew what they were doing out here pretty much improving him his craft i mean he he became larry fisherman right the producer so that was another side of him. A lot of people didn't even know that was him actually producing a lot of that stuff because it was under a different moniker. But I don't know, man. It was even weird going back listening to Swimming. Like I was on a plane headed to North Carolina, and I was listening to Swimming. And, you know, it's weird because the album cover is him sitting in front of an airplane door. You see yeah. that, that, that window behind him. Uh -huh. And... Just listening to that album, you know how you listen to something and it is dope, but it's like I don't even want to hear it anymore. Yeah, it kind of fucked me up like that. And as I'm landing in North Carolina, you know what I'm saying the album was actually going off because I had listened to a few different things, and it was just like, damn, man, it's it's just Tough. bad. It's and and we we've, we've talked about like drug abuse and things like that here and there on the show. And it's just sad that we're losing so many people to it. Um, I don't there, know. There was a kid um, in November of 17. And like I said, I wasn't familiar with his music. or I wasn't familiar with any he's a younger kid. Lil Peep, I believe was his name. Mm -hmm. I think he also was another artist that, you know, had an overdose situation. And he he was, died live on like. Uh, that kid, yeah, he's young. Yeah. He's younger than Mac, though. He's like 21 years old. Mm -hmm. That was November of 17. So we'll we'll get into that because that was something that Red August brought up. Shout out to Red August. He's in the building as well. Uh, we talked about the you know the effects of that in terms of what these artists go through. But I want to give um, Helicon a chance as well. If you know, I'm not familiar. We didn't talk about if you were yeah. familiar with Mac or not. But your thoughts just overall, if you were familiar with him. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I'm, I was familiar with him. And I mean, of course, as a DJ and as um, whatever, I mean, you know, I'm familiar with a lot of artists, but then there's a lot of artists like that where I wasn't necessarily like a follower or like a, you know, like a devoted fan where I'm mm -hmm. like checking all of his work. But, you know, I'd throw in some of his stuff and sets and things like that here and there. But I think just on a, a more um, human note or just maybe a more like um, kind of the... Um, culture and just the humanity nature of it i think what we find is that um even if you're not personally attached to it um you just look at a, a young man or any a young woman or whatever who's um you know whose life is taken away tragically so when you hear of an art you know because we you know obviously especially in the social media world you know and we're just we have all these artists because of the age that we're all at now, like that we grew up with, or even that our parents' generation grew up with that have been passing on in the last, you know, say five or 10 years. So mm -hmm. you're like, Oh, it's so sad that so-and-so passed away. But in some cases they're like 85 or whatever. So yeah. you're like, well, they've lived their life. But when you hear of someone who's 26, it's like, that's tough. That is tough, man. Like this, this kid could have really soared to another level, particularly as you saw him develop over the, you know, so when you see any artist or any athlete, when you look at over the years, the athletes we've seen that's happened, like Len Bias is a great example that Man. I remember. Mm -hmm. When you see these people like that, where you're like, yo, you really have no idea what they could have developed into. Mm -hmm. And it was just, um, 
it's just one of those things that's just not fair. But I think to Lone's point and to, t- to Terry's point as well, that we're talking about something that's very prevalent in the music and entertainment industry, which is mental health and stress and a lifestyle that people, that's not sustainable. Mm-hmm. And, um, when people of any, I mean, Prince, I mean, when people of any age yeah. really turn to drugs to solve their problems, I mean, it's one thing to go out and have a good time, but when that's like your lifestyle and then you're trying to add in touring and recording and collaborating with, I mean, yeah. you're talking about a, 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 just a lifestyle and a schedule that most people don't understand right. how hard it is to keep up with. Red August actually brought this point up um, through a, a conversation we were having outside of us going on and it actually made me think uh to look at it from an artist standpoint and he was he was kind of talking about kind of what helicon said or you actually jumped into what we were or was what i was going to say next but i think sometimes people that are not artists um and just the general consumer the general fan i don't think they truly understand what you just said in terms of what it takes the ups and downs when you're creative like when you get in that low place and you're dependent upon to be able to put something out, like put product out or, you know, you got people that are dependent on you at your website or your blog or whatever. Um, and then sometimes people turn to certain things to kind of cope with those downs until they get out of the funk. You know what I'm saying? Like I can see that from an artist standpoint, from a DJ standpoint, we understand that being creatives, but I don't know if everybody truly understands what some of these people are going through. And I guess it's two part because I'm not sure has it heightened. Like are we, are more people starting to, I guess just come out and actually have these issues. We're in an era of trolling. So sometimes people say they got mental issues. They got this or that going on. I'm kind of like, man, I don't know. But then you see somebody that passes away or the kid that was on Instagram that, or I think we said Instagram that went through that situation is to me, I'm kind of juggling things like that, but Lone, I'm going to come to you. Just kind of talk about that as a whole. Like, can you, do you see my point when I say we can relate as an artist in terms of the ups and downs being creatives? Yeah. I, I don't know if it's necessarily just a creative thing, but I, but I do see it more in creatives. Well, I mean, I'm just, I'm just speaking in terms of what's more relatable. No, I'm, from I'm an artist. That's just my answer. I it's, got you. It's I got like, you. Yeah, I think yes, but I think I think it is more prevalent in creatives. I think it's more prevalent in people that have that are more empathetic, mm-hmm. that feel more um, people that, um, and a lot of times those people are artists. So you know, um, one one thing that a lot of us turn to. So I'll just give an example for myself. So I, I'm. I do a lot of those things you say. So I'm a performer, I'm a recording artist, I'm a producer, I run a blog, I do all these things that I, you know, I keep myself busy a lot of times. But I definitely have highs and lows, definitely, and I've, I've talked about it before on the show. Um, one thing that is always extremely, an extreme high and an extreme low right next to each other is uh, is really tough sometimes. And I, I used to get it, from performing so if let's say I, the high the high yeah. it's like the high let's say we put out an album we have a string of events maybe it's a big event a big event too where there's a lot of people there maybe a festival or something right and then that's over and you know i used to have this conversation with my ex ex sometimes like you would think that in that moment when something major has happened that you would have this feeling of accomplishment and mine would just be, well, now what? Yeah. And it takes you, took me all the way down. And it's done that, it's happened multiple times where people have been like, well, yeah, you just accomplished all this great stuff. It's like, yeah, I get that. But it's like this feeling of like, well, well what else? That's that's all there is. Right. Like, like, you know what the hardest what? part about going on tour? Well, coming home. Coming off tour. Yeah. Because yeah. then it's like, okay, now what? You know, did, the reality. Did I accomplish yeah. everything? Did I, were my expectations too high? You know, and then you're dealing with all those things. Um, and so to take it a step further, I think a lot of times it has to do with expectations. I think it has a lot of times with us investing our emotions into external things as opposed to internal things. Now, expectations from, from an artist standpoint? Expectations or from the- for ourselves. Okay, okay. So if if I expect, if I'm working on this album, working on this thing because I know I'm going to get a high from this, I know that 
once I do all these things, it's going to feel this way. Yeah. I know eventually that not all the times, but sometimes you, you know that you do certain things because you're going to get a high from them. me saying that I'm working on music and I'm going to do all these things is my addiction. So if we're talking about addictions, people have different addictions in different ways. Some people can be addicted to alcohol or addicted to pills or in Max case, mixing drugs or whatever he did. I don't necessarily think that he meant to, you know, to, to die. I don't. I, I, I don't would, know. I, would, I don't know. In I mean, my opinion, I would agree. I don't know, but you know, like he could have just like what he was saying. It kind of was like you were saying a coping mechanism. Coping mechanism. Because he was saying that uh, smoking weed wasn't doing it for him like like he wanted it to anymore. Yeah, I heard you say it that actually, earlier. Yeah, it, it created a parano- paranoia for him, so he began finding other drugs in order to replace that feeling. The it's high, the yeah, the high, and the or the empty feeling that he has. You know what I'm saying? Um, and it and to your point, which as far as after you come home from a tour, or like he said, like Helicon said, or like you've done creating or whatnot, you're chasing um, that high, and you're only as good as your last hit, right? So if you're in a position like Mac Miller, other musicians, they always. Like a lot of the main popular musicians out there, um, we've seen documentaries of like Ray Charles and uh, everybody knows Parliament Funkadelic. Um, Good name. The Doors. Uh, who else? Well, Nirvana. Nirvana. Kurt Cobain. Nirvana. Nirvana. Yeah. It's yeah, all yeah. they're they're all very similar, and and all these people are actually close in age. Um, we were talking about that earlier too. Yeah. Um, twenty seven. Yeah, twenty seven club. Yeah, it's just, uh, I think it's it's something that people get trapped into trying to. You're competing with yourself, and at the same time, you're dealing with your mental demons, and you're trying to uh, pretty much explain yourself through your music. Then your music does so well, you have to top that music. So in turn, I think a lot of people go and create more demons in order to kind of fix the ones that they just, you know what I'm saying, pretty much expelled. Right. If that makes sense to you. It becomes no, a cycle. Right. It's a cycle. It becomes a cycle. And and absolutely, I agree with all, you know, because what we're talking about right now is a very um, personal relationship with your art mm-hmm. or with, um, you know, the creative process and right. then the highs and lows of that cycle. And so I can, I mean, all of it, basically everyone in this room can can attest to what that feeling is being in a, in a top notch performance or when the crowds roll into, I mean, there's truly nothing like it priceless. And, and when you're, and when you take that to um, the next level and you're talking about, you know, larger crowds and more mm-hmm. cities and, con- you know, international performances and things like that, you're doing something that like athletes are envious of. I mean, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's in my opinion, like the pinnacle of, you know, what one can accomplish in this life, you know, rock star level exactly basically being a rock star and now you have kids growing up they don't want to be police and firemen and doctors they want to be rock stars because it's 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 the most epic ultimate thing you can do but it comes at a price and everything that we've talked about again is like this very personal relationship with all those things but then you have these other factors that again like we talked about most people don't understand which is like the business side of it and the relationships with labels and management and venues and i mean there's so many depths to it that people don't realize how Mm -hmm. much pressure it puts on people like that like yo we need you to get out and do this or you know and then you have the relationships with fans and then how much more under a microscope that is these days with social media and then you could have someone who's real sensitive to things. I mean, there's there's different personality types, right? There are some people who are like, I don't really give a fuck what anyone says about me. But then there's people who are like, yo, I'm just sitting here reading all these people hating on me. And yeah. that can really yeah. impact a person yeah. mentally. Eminem just dropped know? an album based off that. Right. And that's facts. Yeah. So, I mean, nobody knows what he was. I mean, he might have been sensitive to that. I mean, all of these things combined to to kind of bring some closure to my point there is that Again, the average person, the average fan, the average person who works a regular job or whatever has no idea 
the pressure and the lifestyle that somebody like that lives. Right. Yeah. They have no idea. And a lot of times, drugs and alcohol, plus you have just the fact that people like this are essentially given the red carpet everywhere they go. Exactly. It's like, he what do you that want? Point well, up I, want too. A, I want a case of vodka in my green room. Done. Mm-hmm. You know? That only enhances the high. They yeah. show up in town and it's like, send someone out to get me XYZ. Yeah. Done. Because yeah. nobody's going to be like, no. Exactly. You know? And he brought that They're point up as far as him having this excess of money. Mm. So it's, it's like, it's the money, I can the pretty access. much do whatever I want to do. So yep. since weed isn't working, right. I'm going to spend more money to reach the high that I'm trying to get. Yep. And essentially it's like a gift and a curse. Because if, if you're somebody like that, that that does drugs or, and I hate to say that weed is a, a gateway drug because, I mean, that that's a debatable Right, you know what I'm saying? It's situation right there is it, very su- subjective because it it honestly depends on the person mm-hmm. and depends on how you're trying to feel. Because like some people say, we may make them uh, paranoid. Some some folks may just be like, "Well, I'm just not going to smoke weed. And I'm not going to do anything." Right, right. Whereas the other person is like, "Well, I still want to be high, so I need to find something that's going to get me high, but not make me paranoid, right, or tired, or whatever." Or tired. You exactly. Know. And I mean, you got the the um, different types of weed that can either make you hype or make you kind of low. You know what I'm saying? Yep. But it's it's the individual. And if somebody is using that to create, it's going to make you look at different avenues in order to find that, that kind of creative bug or whatever you may, you're searching for, you know, I don't know. Well, plus, you know, you brought up, like you mentioned the doors and there's been some other um, artists like that who have been, um, some of those stories have kind of been somewhat, I don't know, glamorized or maybe mm-hmm. just like um, brought into like, you know, film and other things like that where they've sort of illustrated the accessibility factor and how when artists like that show up into places, it's like people are like essentially just like throwing drugs and alcohol at them. Yeah. Like, yo, come to this party. Come, I mean, so it's like you have to be you have to essentially have like a military discipline to live as an artist like that right. and not get caught up in that you have in to have some your shit way. Together. Yeah. And, yeah have, Mac- and have people around you that are. That so how many people looking, do you know you when know. you start thinking of all these people who are very mentally stable and strong, have their shit together and can say no to things and, right. then, and then keep up with the schedule like that and maintain all those things? I mean, yeah. that's a. I mean, yeah, that's I a lot to bring light to the situation, but we've all seen Dewey Cox. Right. Oh. You know what I'm saying? And how that kind of yeah. transpired. Yep, yep. And, I mean, and that was a comedy movie. Right. Yeah. But there's always some truth in there that you can find plus I, I mean i can just tell you again like from personal experience like when we've gone and done shows where it's like you're in some other town and people are like yo why don't you come to this after party yeah and there's gonna be this, this yeah, and, right. and you're like well i mean we appreciate that but we gotta drive to the next town you know because like, right. we're not in that situation where it's like yo get the limo to take us to this party mm-hmm. you know <laughs> so when you when you think about people who are like yeah that's cool i'll just have our jet take us to you know yeah, yeah. i and think then we, mac was actually um one of the first artists to to actually document his rise. You right. know what I'm saying? Because I think when he first came out, he was like 17. Yeah, he started young. Yeah, so yeah, really he, young. he was, was literally a kid of, when he... Yeah. Uh, MySpace and yep. He's got a project uh, called Kids. Yep. Yeah, definitely. And he kind of was set the standard for some of the artists that, that came after him. Mm-hmm. And he essentially just constantly trying to top what he's doing. So... Yeah, that's tough, man. And, you know, when you think about him, um, it just always brings up a point that we've we've talked about in the past. We've talked about um, how artists use this to, I guess you can say, to an advantage in terms of, you know, the bottom line when people want to sell records. You know, we've talked about that. Like, they're going to rap about what they're going to rap about in order to get what they need to get. Um, There's an artist named Russ who, who I'm not that familiar with. Right. Um, But he was on the breakfast club and he mentioned he was talking about they talked about Mac. They brought up Mac Miller and he talked about the drug use and and the promotion of it. And he's like, yeah, man, me and my friends, we might smoke weed here and there, but we really don't put it in the music like that. We just talk about it here and there. But he said he saw artists that were actually putting like merch out that was promoting the lean and the drip or whatever you you call it. And I'm like. 
I hadn't thought about that, but it go it kind of comes circle of light. We always laugh about the circle of light, but we talk about people that promote certain things. I wasn't aware that I wasn't aware that there was merch that's actually out here promoting, you know what I'm saying, some of the drugs and some really? of the things that I, I was sleep on the merch part. That's why I brought it up because I wanted to ask y'all were y'all aware or if you even knew knew that this fad was going on, I would sleep yeah. on the merch. Like you knew it was in the music, but yeah, yeah, I didn't. I didn't know it spilled over to the merch. There's uh, cats yes. here who actually do that. Oh, were okay, definitely. Okay. I was sleep. I mean the the drug culture period, and it's weird because uh, most def said this years ago, mm-hmm. hip hop went from smoking crack, well, selling crack to smoking it, mm-hmm. and you can take smoking crack however you want to. I mean, yeah. that's a metaphor, but still, definitely yeah. it's. Drug related, regardless. Right. Um, you have artists or rappers or whatnot that that will rap about the use of drugs, but they don't even use it themselves. Future said it. But they'll they'll make these these albums and mixtapes and things to influence those that are doing drugs. Right. And it's kind of based off of uh kind of like a recipe because you think about it, DJ Screw had the screwed up tails that he dropped out of time. That was just promoting pretty much lean. You know what I'm saying? I mean, that's what it I was mean, doing. I mean, there's a whole genre of artists. Yeah, yeah. there's a whole it's, subculture it's, of, it's, it, that's of what that. Yeah. Heavy in the South. Yeah, Definitely heavy in the South. Um, and I think people seen how popular that was getting, and they started using it in order to pretty much influence fans or whatnot, and they're not even using the drugs. Let me. So you're, you're influencing people to do this said drug or whatnot. And I, I just think that's that's irresponsible on your part. If you actually have a problem, I mean, you have a problem. But at the same time and in the same token, if you're not out there like that, I don't think that's responsible for you to be pretty much making music to influence somebody else to do something. Let, you me, know? let me ask you this. I'm, I want to throw this out here. Um, I know Joe, we, we talked about Joe Button last episode or whatever. He's got a new show that was popping. That actually was pretty dope. I think it's called State of the Cult. State, I can't remember. I don't want to misquote it. But they mentioned or someone brought up the um, the concept of the drug use in the 90s mm-hmm. versus now. Is there a comparison? Was it more drastic? Now, I remember, you know, Jenna Juice. You know, everybody's kicking it. We knew Dre smoked weed. They had the chronic hats, right? Everybody smokes weed. Everybody smoked weed. Well, I know what you mean. But yeah. it was it was it was known that that's what was popping, right? Right. So I don't remember any artists in that what I call the golden era when we were growing up in terms of just uh, overdose here, overdose there. Now I could be wrong when I say that, but I think it is more severe now than when it was back then. To in, that in hip hop, in hip hop only, and I'm coming to Helicon because you didn't get in on the last go around. What do you think about that? Like, do you think it is more severe now in terms of the the promotion of the drugs? The, the the we talked about the merch, we talked about the records, we talked about the concept as a whole. Is that more severe now uh, and more detrimental now to the people that listen to it, to the fans, versus when we came up? Um. I I must have loaded question, I, I, but yeah, yeah, and I'm I'm gonna say yes, and I'm generally not the person who would say yes to that. But here's okay. here's why I'm gonna say that. Um, number one, when if we're gonna talk about the era that we grew up in, and we're let's just talk about like the golden era of hip hop. People were not overdosing on Heineken and weed. No, okay, I couldn't say it any better. Um. Now you have uh, sort of this, you like we referred to, there's this sort of whole subgenre of hip hop that's essentially about lean. Whether or not those artists are using that, uh, we talked about this before we started the uh, recording, that lean, you can make it this cute little drink and put a Jolly Rancher in it. It's heroin in a cup, okay? Facts. Um, essentially. You're not um, exempt from being a junkie if you're addicted to lean. You are True. not exempt from the risks that are associated with overdosing or having a problem with that just because it's poured in a cup with Sprite and it's tastes good. 
Right. You know, you're just drinking it instead of consuming it another way. Then you also have other hip hop. And again, whether or not these artists are supporting this or using it, it is in their material. You, you're talking about music and art that is promoting uh, a different level of drug use than the blunt smoking that we grew up listening to, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, I could dig no, that. Nobody I could, I back could dig then that. was like glorifying smoking crack. They weren't glorifying it. In fact, you know, most hip hop in the era that we're talking fair. about, they were like, yeah, I smoke weed. Yeah, I sit and drink Heineken with my friends, but I don't smoke crack. You know, like that was, they were yeah. making fun of that. Like you're crack is crack heads. Crack Actually is what, was popping. Or they were making then. fun of crack heads. Like it yeah. was not cool to do that. Or, and you know, I mean, they're like cocaine was, was definitely. There a few you know, references. Like, yeah. As far as like uh, Method Man, I mean, his album was called Takao. Right. Those don't know what Takao yeah. is. Is lace it backwards. Yeah. Um. So essentially, that's sprinkling cocaine in, into your blunt. Put a pin in that red August. That's deep. Biggie right actually had a couple references as well, um. But it wasn't the the whole entire the reason for them making the music wasn't about that. You know right. what I'm saying? That's the point. That's and the point. That was a that was a off the record. I like to party a little bit type of right. thing, you know? But, right. but now we're getting into a different conversation because now anybody can make music about anything and people are just wanting to make music for the social culture and what people are going to pay attention to. Right. That's and, a fact. And so, you know, it's just different would be my answer to that. But, you know, to, to kind of answer your question, you know, is, is this music influencing people to do this? Let's be honest, the people outside of hip hop, the the vocal critics of hip hop, what's one thing they've always said? It's a bad influence on young people. That's exactly why I said detrimental to your point about Yeah. That's the one to thing the, critics of hip hop have always said. It's a bad influence on whether it's the violence or the misogyny yep. or the drug use or whatever. So, you know, I mean, do those people have a point? Sure. I mean, are they right about all that stuff? No. Yeah, to a certain extent. To a certain extent. So, but are artists going to start claiming responsibility for this? Are artists going to come out and say, "Hey, that's cool that you like to party, but you need to be careful if you're doing these things." No, because that doesn't sell. I don't see it because that's not part of the game. It'll affect the bottom line. So I don't see it. That's just because the the Ice Cube style artists don't sell right now, right? right? As like um like a a future or right or somebody on some bullshit like a a six nine. Is doing, you know what I'm saying? Right. That's not. There are. A few it's not examples. popular. Yeah. There's for them few to examples right of artists now. today that can make it without talking about those topics. Right. Exactly. Because, like, if if you think you about back in the day, Drake. exactly, Drake is definitely the one. He's the one who can never. He could, Drake could never curse in a song and sell records. Facts. Mm-hmm. He's at that level now. Yep. But um, back in the day, you had people that were socially conscious, and regardless of the um the content of their music when they did interviews and you sit and actually talk to these cats, they were dropping knowledge on you. They was dropping knowledge on you in the music as well. Right. But it's almost, um, taboo now to drop knowledge on somebody in music. People say it's boring. Now I, I don't want to learn anything. That's boring. I want, I want to party up all the time. And that's, this is just the moment that we live in. It, it comes and it goes. Um, there's going to be a time where, the more conscious MC, the person that's spitting is going to come back uh, to the forefront or whatnot. But it, it's just the era that we're in right now. Do you think the forefront, the I, I guess I would challenge the idea of forefront versus the majority. When I say we'll have a handful that are out there, but it won't, it's just, I don't think it's going to come back around to be the majority. I don't know, man. It, I and mean, I, like I said, I, that's wishful re- thinking would say it would, but I don't know if it's going to be to the point where it's like the forefront or, or the majority, I should say. I don't know. I, I hope I I'm wrong. I can't I, really call it like that as far as that's concerned. But I I kind of can see a shift a little bit right now, honestly. Okay. I, I really can. I mean, you do have a lot of the same type stuff on the radio. But. I mean, everything. The radio that, was never the the big influencer. It was more the the music channels, and the music I, channels don't give you anything now. I can so. agree with that. Yeah, everything moves, and eventually, stuff becomes old and stale. Right, right. And so, you know, cycles in that in that way of speaking about it. Even Drake's not rapping the same way he rapped when he first came out. Not right. even close. Drake started as a backpacker. Then he kind of moved to onto that super duper flow. You know, the one. Yeah. That, 
him and Big Shine and uh, Nicki Minaj, all of them was kind of using that same flow. That flow is gone now. Mm-hmm. The same thing is going to happen with this uh, Migos style flow. Yeah. And then same thing is going to happen with, uh, uh, what's his name? The kid with the crazy hair. Not 6 9 the other one. I'm, I'm the lost. one J. Cole ain't fucking with. Lil I guess they cool now. Yeah. Peep. Uh, Lil, I'm sorry, yeah. Lil, Lil Pump. Pump. Yeah. Pump. Okay. Yep. But, I mean, and speaking of J. Cole, he had a, a a real intimate kind of shout out about Mac Miller because his album was called uh, King Overdose or Kids on Drugs or I can't remember the other uh, the other title of his album, but K.O.D. K.O.D. Yeah. Essentially, um, the reason why he dropped that album is pretty much in reference to the drug culture in hip hop right now and how kids are looking up to these artists on drugs and they're getting turned out, things like that. And he really gave like a, like kind of not, I wouldn't say a sermon, but he addressed the crowd as far as that's concerned and actually teared up about it because I mean, it's serious. You know what I'm saying? DJ Envy on the breakfast club actually said, uh, his daughter now tells him like, it's pretty much common knowledge that it's going to be, and he said like heavy drugs like coke and that type of stuff that's going to be at parties, you know what I'm saying, that she'll attend. But he was just thankful that she actually was like, yo, dad, I'm not into this. I'm just letting you know. It's common knowledge now. This is what's popping. They out here on this lane. That's you know, been popping, though. No, but, I'm, but what I'm saying, is, to your point, I, I feel you, but I think it's just it's just crazy to think some of the stuff that's out here now, like it's normal, like the normalization of it's like, yo, yeah, this is going to be here. So I'm just letting you know, Dad, like, this is going to be here. I, I think it just, I mean, normalization changes throughout time. It was just different. I so I, the last thing that I'll say about this is that, you know, I know we're talking about drugs and drug culture and all that stuff. But to me, it's more of an issue on, it's more of a mental health issue to me than it is a drug issue. I can dig it. And it's it's more of a, a coping mechanism because, again, we talked about this in episodes past People address their addictions in different ways, and they cope with things in different ways. Some people cope with drugs. Some people cope with all just a bunch of different with ways. Work. Some people use women. Yep. Yeah, yeah. and it's just or men. You know exa- what I'm saying? Exactly. Exactly. Just do about anything. Mm-hmm. And and that's really the underlining portion of it. You know, like that's why people go to drugs. That's why people continue to cope. Granted, it can be recreational and they can get out of control. But once it becomes that, you know, it's if you know how to cope with your emotions a little bit better, you're honest with them. It's easier to move in those situations, I think, from my experience. So, yeah, that's wisdom. Yeah. Yeah. Alone. That's 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 definitely wisdom right there. Um, I want to throw it the helicon real quick before we get out of here. Talk about Orange uh, and what's going on with Indianapolis. We got the hats out. I actually got one of these. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited. Yeah. Well, let's, yeah. Thank you for uh, switching to a little bit lighter note. Yes, we're going to end on the positive note, Yeah, to kind of wrap brother. all that up, like if anyone who's, who's listening needs help or has struggles like that, make sure you turn to, like, whether it's people you love you or even anonymous resources or whatever. Like, the help is out there. Like, don't, Please do. Don't let it take you because there's people who care about you and, and you Absolutely. can make an impact in this world. So speaking of that, we like to make an impact with this little event that I created called Orange. In fact, the funny thing is... The last time I was on uh, as a guest on this show, uh, it was back in May, yep. and it came up, and and uh, Jay Diff was like, "Yo, like you know, it's it's missed, you know, like be, you know, we, we loved Orange, and we announced the next week, and I was really struggling to keep my lips sealed, but we announced <laughs> the next week that we're bringing it back. Mm-hmm. So for those who don't know, Orange is a uh, a concept that uh, a friend of mine and I came up with in 2002, basically to have contemporary art and kind of original music and different creative types and things like that um, kind of, you know, showcase for one night uh, for adults, you know, 21 and over. So it could be like a party, you know, not to get back to the party and thing. But um, anyway, we wanted to make it really fun and high energy and all that. So we luckily, um, and kind of what became our brand and identity was we, um, we were able to do this in a, in a vacant warehouse essentially. And so that kind of was the theme that we followed year after year. Um, one of the reasons that we took a little break, um, in 2014 is that we were running out of these opportunities to host this event in these types of spaces. But this year we were able to get a very special opportunity, like a once in a lifetime type of thing to host this in what most people know is the old Coke bottling plant, 
So it's down at Mass Haven College. Um, it's a, it's already underway, like kind of getting torn up and turned into this big redevelopment. Um, but next Saturday, September 22nd, we're bringing it back for the 14th event. Um, it's the it's the last orange from what we know. Um, just again, we're kind of running out of this chance to do this. Um, but we've got all kinds of art, bands. Um, you know, we talked about like Pope Adrian Bliss is playing. Um, multiple DJs, Top Speed, Buck Rogers is coming back in town. Phenom's coming back in town. Axon Jackson, Lemmy Vice, Gabby, Limelight. I mean, it's it's like all the homies and That's all. A dope in my opinion, like you know, yeah. Um, some of the best in town and then from the visual art perspective it's kind of the same thing it's like really some of the best talent um in this area and uh it's in this amazing building you know this kind of old industrial building right on mass ave but um you know orangeindy.com and it's orange with a j um it's again it's the 14th and final year multiple people involved i mean too many to mention but i want you guys to also talk about what you have planned that night because i think that's very special Okay. Do work, long. Uh, well, do work. Well, this will be our actually. It just so happened that this actually falls on our hundredth episode. Yes. So we talked with Ryan, and uh, we're actually going to shoot a shoot our hundredth episode at Orange. So it's going to be yes. a probably. I'm thinking it's going to be an extended episode because um, Orange is from what eight to twelve. Yes, sir. Okay, so we're probably going to be at least two hours in there. I would say. Okay. Um, but yeah, we're going to do a live show there. It's going to be fun. You'll, you'll be there all night, but recording and, and doing the show for two hours. Yeah, yeah probably or, or whatever we feel like, I guess. Yeah, I mean, you, you know, who knows? But we're going to have a variety. Have a few founders in us. Maybe, maybe yeah. a few it founders. Shout, Shout out to founders. founders. Yeah. yeah, one of the sponsors for uh, the Orange mm-hmm. event, as well as No Bad Ideas and Coleman Dental. Coleman Dental. Thank you all. Um, and a whole bunch of others. But uh, <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll be there set up. So our, our goal is to uh, set up with maybe a a topic bowl. Have people put topics in us you know sit and have our regular conversations but maybe the head of the table will be uh, a variety of guests and maybe we'll just kind of keep it flowing throughout the night so i i personally can't wait to not only have you all doing that there i can't wait for the event in general i i have always every year emphasized this it's truly something you do not want to miss i think it's like i mean like i feel the same way about trees and shout out to trees i'm so sad i couldn't be there this year but Indianapolis has some amazing assets from a like uh, event and creative community standpoint. And I believe personally, obviously I'm biased that orange is one of them. Mm-hmm. I think it's something that all the type of people that we know and that appreciate and contribute to the arts and culture of the city should be at if they're not involved with it already. Definitely. Absolutely. And this will be my first uh, orange. I've I'm never, so excited for you been, to experience so, it. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited, man. They, they've told me about the, uh, yeah. the ones that you guys this, had in this the past. Our so. old table here was actually one of the custom boards that we did for one of orange. We made a custom Word. recording booth. Yeah. Nice. And this nice. is actually one of the boards from it. So. Yeah. Nice. Bringing down the band, just for those who don't know, has been involved with orange in uh, many aspects over the years, you know? So, and, and same thing with a lot of the artists that are kind of affiliated with this whole crew. So, I mean, mm-hmm. it's the, you know, the, the, it runs deep. Let's just put it that way. Yeah. You know? Absolutely. Orange has always been uh, a spectacle. Nice. There's, there's always, yeah, definitely, there's always something going on that, that you won't see on your average Saturday night. Absolutely. Word. Um, there's and that always you probably something. probably won't forget. You know, right. Like you're going to be talking about it. For, indeed. You know. <laughs> it's always like some interactive things going on. Yeah. Um, some dope artists. Like I've actually bought art from Orange uh, on a few different occasions because like you see just so much dope shit and it's like yeah. things will grab you. You'll buy something then you walk to the next booth and you'll be like, damn, that's dope too. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And it's, yeah. you, you connect with these artists or whatnot and eventually, you know what I'm saying, you tell people about it and you may connect with them later but it's yeah, always I actually a good time. Met, I actually met Dr. Coleman from Coleman Dental at mm-hmm. Orange. Yeah, I remember so. they had like a... Uh, I it was like a Coleman. green screen or something. Like the they smile had yeah, it was like a show your smile that yeah, turned yeah. into like a fast, like time yeah. lapse video. Yeah. And then you like would recognize some of the faces. You yeah. Know, like, oh, there's I think Rusty. I was in there somewhere, maybe. Yeah. I've yet to but, uh, meet Dr. Coleman. So, But that's the thing with Orange is like, it's this whole experience. There's so many different artists and musicians. So, but that's, that's sort of what you think of like in a traditional, like, okay, it's a concert, it's an art show, whatever. But at Orange, everybody kind of ratchets up their participation to a different level. And, focuses on being interactive and being really creative with their space or their show or whatever. And then, like you said, it's this opportunity for so many different people to connect. And maybe you see an artist that you like and, and they make a piece for you that you buy the next week, or you Mm -hmm. meet someone who becomes a sponsor of something you're doing, or, I mean, the opportunities are endless there because of the energy and the people that are there. Indeed. 
So September 22nd, uh, come out and rock with us at Orange. We're going to have a good time. New Old Heads will be in the building. Word. Episode one hundred. Yes. One hundred. Can we, we light celebrate. fireworks and shit in there? <laughs> <laughs> we, we we did that uh, uh, at Orange one year, uh, the year that Imposi passed. We did like a big fireworks uh, show, Word. like a tribute for, uh, from the roof of the building that night. Like I can't even believe we did it, but I mean it was it was something. Man. This sounds like it's going to be a good time. So, uh, how much are tickets? Twenty dollars yes. at the door. Okay, you can get them. Uh, at our peel parties, we got coming one actually. So the night that this episode will be coming out at the new Just Pop In location, okay, we'll have uh, discount tickets at that. And then also, I should mention, next Tuesday at um, Coaches for Take That Tuesday will be kind of the, another like the final Orange Peel Party. Nice. We'll have some of our uh, people that are uh, performing DJ in that night, and we'll have uh, pre-sale tickets at that as well. Otherwise, awesome. they're twenty bucks at the door, or you can go to orangeindy.com and find out more about that. Word. I can dig it. Don't miss it. All right, so we're going to wrap up episode uh, 98 there. Shout out to our uh, sponsors, as always, Coleman Dental, 317-255-8546. Shout out to bringingdowntheband.com, Printfinity, as well as Team Backpack. We appreciate you guys as well. Did I miss anything? Patreon, man. Shout out to Patreon. Matter of fact, you got to sign up for our Patreon, www.patreon.com backslash new old heads. We got a lot of dope stuff coming up. I'm telling y'all, it starts at a dollar. We got a new sponsor coming on board soon, too. So Yes, Indeed. stay tuned for that announcement. We got a couple new things going on. Support and, uh, the cause. You can get an orange hat. Yes. We, we will be uh, flipping those orange hats. Jay Moore sucks at this game. And Jay Diff <laughs> had nothing to do with orange coming back for 2018. We'll see y'all next week. I, I just put it out in the atmosphere. That's all. Okay. You know, you're just speaking into existence. I had to hate a little bit. <laughs> I had to hate a little bit. We'll see y'all next week. Yeah.